Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 140, presented by FanDuel. I'm Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. And there is a lot to talk about uh, with the Bruins, considering it's the end of the season, the dog days, the regular season. I mean, even that Blue Jackets game Thursday night needed some fights to kind of light a spark to it. It was just, you know, it just it lacks a little oomph during the end of the season, but uh, some news came. Unfortunately, we weren't recording during it, so we couldn't like react to it in the moment. We're recording right after. Uh, one of these the Bruins, days. One of these one days of these it will happen. Days. It's incredible that we've been doing this for, what, two, three years, and it's never happened, ever. It has never come close. We have uh, been spoiled by the deadline many times, but it's never happened during a recording. One of these days it will happen, though. I'm it's going to happen at some point. It has to. And it's going to be something that's like really terrible. We're like, oh, imagine like that happened during a podcast. That'd be crazy. And it'll be like, oh, shit, Bergeron's retiring. All right. And yeah, it'll be like yeah. me being like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the actual video will be. It won't be us being like, wow. Evan, what do we think? It'll be that. It'll be me being like, all right, see ya. <laughs> I don't want to be seen right now. Yes. Um, yes. But uh, anyways, Bruins signed Mason Lowride to an AHL amateur tryout agreement. I know a lot of people are wondering, hey, why isn't he just signing an entry-level contract? It's because that would burn a year of the entry-level contract, and it's the end of the year, and you don't want to do that. And they don't need to do that at all. They they don't need Mason Lowride up (laughs) on defense with the Bruins, or with the the Boston Bruins. Um, But it's finally happened. Uh, Lowry, again, we were kind of waiting all week. We thought on Bruins video it would happen immediately. Um, obviously, took a few days. Probably, you know, the kid probably took some time <laughs> to make it. It's a pretty big decision to make. There was an interesting story Charlie uh, Matt Porter did in the Globe on uh, McAvoy um, deciding to turn pro, and he was sobbing all the way on the drive to Providence. I guess that's what happens when you go from Boston to Providence. You just immediately just start unconsolably crying. I think that's maybe what would happen. Evan, Evan is just kicking Rhode Island while it's down, <laughs> I guess. Huh? No, I like Rhode Island. I like Rhode Island a lot. Um, some beautiful, beautiful cities. Um, <laughs> I try to gain back points here. It's in the New yes. England region. I can't be. I can't be uh, kicking people. It's not out. Connecticut. That's true. No, it's not Connecticut. Logan Mullen though would would dif- disagree on that. Logan Mullen used to say, you know, 
Hartford's actually, you know, Connecticut's kind of nice. Like I like Hartford a lot. And I'm like, are you okay? Are you good? You're all right. But whatever people can, as long as you like where you live, I guess you're happy. That's all so, that matters. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter what we think. That's what you think. Uh, Mason Lowrye, uh, finally deciding to turn pro. And we talked about his impact on Bruins beat a little bit of where he might fit. Uh, but what's kind of the big things for him this year that he kind of has to seal up in Providence? Yeah, I, I think for him, you look at just uh, this small stretch of the season. I think it's just about getting your, your feet kind of uh, planted where you are in Providence, right? I think we, we mentioned this briefly before when we talked about the fact that um, he's likely turning pro. And I think it was after... Uh, after Ohio State season ended, I think it was was it Rand Pecknell, the uh, head coach at Quinnipiac. I think Mark Diver tweeted this out that he pretty much was like, yeah, that guy could play the NHL right now, which I'm sure if there's other teams that were more desperate for, you know, immediate help on the blue line, um, he probably would be getting a few games up in the NHL ranks this season just to, you know, take that next step. Bruins have the luxury of not having to rush any of these guys. You can make the same uh, argument with a guy like Fabian Lysel, right? Like you look at his high-end skill – does he need more time in, in Providence? And I think when you look back at where a guy like Lysel was early on in the year, you had people who were like, yeah, bring him up there. Like, you know, trial by fire, like have him learn up there, which there is a merit to that, I guess. But the Bruins, you know, are in this spot where they don't need to do that. They have, they're giving these guys ample time to, to learn the ropes of the AHL. Cause I think, um, you know, barring the the rare prospect who goes right to the, the AHL ranks and dominates right away, doesn't happen. It's a, it's a higher level of competition, the physicality, less ice to work with. So I think for a guy like Lorai, um, you know, we mentioned this before that usually defensemen are the ones that have the longest kind of development curve, especially when I think when you're a guy like Lorai who has a skill set that is based in the offensive zone and involves a little bit more risk-taking. I think for him, the most important thing, get a few games up in Providence this year, learn the ropes, feel comfortable, because I think there is going to be some, you know, bumps along the road for any guy like that whose who's game. It's not like he's this really steady, um, you know, D zone only guy, shutdown guy. I mean, who knows what he becomes later on in his career, but um, I think for all these guys that have to first take those lumps of the AHL and adjusting to that, um, I, I think that's the most important thing is just getting a few games, see where you measure up against the competition and build off of it. Even if it's so, so a couple of games of Providence, you, you learn from it. You go into the office and tackle what you need to do. Um, because again, I think so many guys, have this curve where as much as Charlie McAvoy went right from the AHL to the NHL and dominated right away, doesn't happen. Like look at Jakob Blauko, high end talent guy overseas goes to Providence, you know, his, his scoring numbers drop a bit. And now he's more of a fourth line grinder kind of guy. Right. I, I think Laura just needs to go to Providence for a couple of games and see where he exactly fits into the equation. Yeah. Again, his offensive instincts are good. You see it. Uh, you know, you see how good he is. I mean, he was a forward until recently, yeah. um, until relatively recently. So again, he seems like a guy who is going to take a year down in Providence. And I, and I think that's a good thing to have uh, maybe next year, if they need him up at the, uh, on the big club at some point, then you bring him up. Um, but to me, I mean, I don't think he's a guy you need to rush. There's no need to do it. I know we mentioned him as a potential Matt Grizzlick replacement down the road. That still could happen. Um, we'll see how Providence kind of goes. Again, Tory Krug kind of came right up, scored what was it, like four goals in three games against the Rangers, or, or four goals in five games against the Rangers in the playoffs. Like, I don't think that'll be happening this postseason with Lowry. There's really no need to to bring him up there. Uh, and the other thing that's interesting is like 
I think a lot of people forget about the AHL. Obviously, there's a lot of prospects developing, but there's also a lot of older guys who A, just have careers down there, or B, are trying to work their way back into the NHL. And it's very much, it's a lot tougher than college because there's a lot more riding on the line for a lot of guys. I know that's one thing college coaches a lot of times will say to players who are thinking of making the jump. It's like, well, you're not going to immediately go to the a- to the NHL and start dominating. You're going to have to spend a lot of time in the AHL where it's a very tough, it's a little bit of a tougher lifestyle and you're playing against guys who have a lot riding on the line. Guys like Chris Wagner who want to get back into the NHL. These guys are not going to just let you go out there yes. and skate around and do what you want. They're going to make life difficult on you. I don't mean Chris Wagner on Mason Lower Eye, but I mean guys like Chris Wagner around yes. the league uh, who could make life difficult on a, on a young exciting prospect so um it's a big jump uh and i don't and again it's gonna take it probably it'll probably take some time just like it has uh, for fabian lysel this year and uh lots of other guys uh but moving on to the big bruins the the boston bruins uh clinched the president's trophy on thursday night which everyone kind of went really uh, kind of the same thing. Uh, okay, you like Connecticut a lot. Good for you. Um, the pizza's, same, the pizza's same, good. Same type of vibe. Same type of vibe. And I saw the uh, the Bruins posted the graphic, and it was all the years they've went on to win the President's Trophy. It was like 1990, 2014, 2020. It's like, oh, ooh, that's a lot of heartbreak. Ooh. Especially considering last time they won the President's Trophy, uh, a pand- a global pandemic began. Yeah, so that wasn't great. That was also not great. So the President's Trophy has a very negative connotation to it, uh, as it should, because no one, you know, people just don't really win after winning the President's Trophy. Uh, but this team feels a little different. This team feels a little different. This team's been different all year. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs yet. But what we do know is the Bruins have home ice. The Bruins have home ice, which I think... I think everyone's going to focus on the curse. It's going to be the curse. Hey, the last one of the last times there was a big curse in Boston. Boston broke it. The Red Sox curse of the Bambino. Maybe this is the team that breaks the curse of the President's Trophy. So, uh, but again, I think people should more focus on. Hey, you will have Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Final in Boston, which I think is a very, very, very important thing. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the thing you really have to focus on. And again, I think what is it? Only eight teams that have won the president's trophy since it got introduced have won Stanley cup still when you look at how much variance there is in uh hockey how wild that the Stanley cup playoffs are more often than not like a higher seeded team is usually one that can you know orchestrate a deep run so it's not like this is i think an indictment on the bruins or anything like that but again i think as you said the most important thing is just having home ice uh that i think the road to the Stanley cup goes through boston and i think people can look at um you know that can get countered very easy being like well we look at 2019. Look what happened in Game Seven. We know that game sucked. That game actually Game Seven never. Good. They never played Game Seven. They never played it just Game like, Seven. Just like the National Championship game, you in Providence, yes. the ice melted. So yeah. But again, barring uh, <laughs> a, a mishap like that, um, you know, people will be quick to point at that. But just look back at last year, right? You probably, I would say, you probably win that series against Carolina if you had that one more game in Boston, right? Like. I think when you look at um, a few of these really even matchups, um, sometimes the difference is just how you are in home ice in your own building, the psychological um, advantage of, you know, being in your own house, not having to travel, all these things that I think does go a long way when I think you're so hyper-focused on the next shift or, you know, you're trying to, you know, you have the blinders on in terms of what you need to do to to win a seven-game series. Just having that added comfort, that familiarity really does help. 
Um, and again, it, is all, it helps that the Bruins are stupid good. I mean, they've been good all year, but in Boston, very, very good, right? I mean, you have that distinct advantage um, as a team that, you know, knows how to win, knows how to take care of business in their own building. So it's just going to be a, a situation where, I mean, who knows? The Bruins could go on a warpath this postseason and, and wrap up a couple of these series in five, six games and be like, oh, it didn't really matter. That being said, I think when you get to this point of the season where you're just looking to put yourself in the best possible spot, getting healthy, getting you know parts of your roster all set, locking up home ice advantage is at the top of the list, right, in terms of ways to make your life easier once you get to the playoffs. The Bruins went out and did that. That's the thing. I mean, again, it's it's one of those nice safety blankets to have. You know, if they play Pittsburgh in the first round, I don't imagine it going seven games. Uh, but or even the team, the Islanders might be a little tougher, just considering they play a little stingy, better goaltending, things like boring. that. Boring, boring as hell. Boring. Yes, boring, boring playoff uh, team, team in general. Um, but again, I mean, it's a nice thing to have. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Connor, do you remember when when you were in like elementary school and it would be like right... I didn't go. you didn't go, you just said you were you're homeschooled. You're a homeschooled yes. kid. That's what you were. Um, but remember those days? Anyway. <laughs> it really screwed me over there. Oh my god. Um, remember the days though, like right before uh winter break or even summer break, and it, it, it's mainly summer break, and it's the last couple of days before it before you know school ends, and you're not really doing anything. Remember those days, you're just kind of sitting in class, maybe the teacher puts on a movie or you read a book. Or, you know, you have recess for, like, an excess amount of time. You just don't do a lot. There's not a lot to do. Summer's coming. Curriculum's kind of over. You know where you stand. The grades are in. Even though in elementary school, like, what grades were they really? Uh, and even later in middle school and high school, the days before summer, it just didn't do much. So same with the Bruins right now. The Bruins are kind of in that period where everything recess, is baby. It's they're in recess period. They're in recess, baby. They are. Everything is set. They've won the President's Trophy. They handed out uh uh, end of season awards uh, on Thursday night. The three stars were announced, all those things. And they've still got seven games left, right? They got seven. I'm counting correctly, making sure the math is still working there. Seven games left um, in the regular season. And it's tough because, you know, Penguins, Blues, you have the Leafs in there, the Devils, then you have the Flyers, the Capitals, you end the season in Montreal against the Canadians. So, uh, some tougher games to get up for. I mean, I know, again, you got the, it's like the last season, the Maple Leafs and Bruins have their spots locked down. They're playing each other at the end of the year. Game doesn't really even matter at all. Um, but, you know, you don't want to have a complete letdown because they do have the playoffs coming. But up until then, you've got some timing, kind of kick your feet up a little bit. But what are you looking for out of this team going into the playoffs yeah. in these last seven games? Yeah, I think, I mean, the number one priority is just going to be uh, resting guys, uh you know, getting guys the necessary uh, time off just to rest and recuperate. I think you look at that Columbus game. Uh, we were over at the Garden. And it was an optional skate, and Bergeron was one of the first guys out there. And we're like, all right, he's not playing today. And he ended up playing. I was like, okay. But but I, I think you're going to see a lot more going forward. Of It's not like I think there's going to be just 
starting on the starting this weekend, Jim Montgomery's just rolling out like the the B team or anything <laughs> like that. They're bringing up their the black, like aces. black aces. Yeah, they already <laughs> have them ready to roll. Um, but I think every game you're going to see two or three guys that um, have a lot of mileage, have some uh, nagging injuries, probably to rest and recuperate. And I think you won't see anyone disagreeing with that. Like even like you look at that that Carolina game last weekend, and we were both like. Well, it would be good if they did beat that team, um, you know, just get get over that hump. Of course, they ended up doing it. But when you see that Bergeron and Marchand and Lindholm aren't playing, we're like, that's fine. Okay. Like, I don't, Scheduled you know loss. Carolina is a, <laughs> a tough team, but the most important thing is getting those guys healthy if they're, especially if they're dealing with some injuries. So, um, and of course, they ended up winning that game anyway. Um, so I think it's, you know, a positive anyway. Like you already have a little bit lower expectations maybe in terms of what the games are going to be, but you can still put up a competitive game and, you know, if guys like Lauco benefit, maybe from instead of playing five, six minutes, they get to 10, you know, how much does some of these other players, Zaboral get gets more minutes. Um, if you can still field a really competitive team while giving some of these guys that are going to be key to your success uh, rest down the stretch, it's going to be huge. The one thing you do have to weigh is I, I think, I don't think this is a hot take or anything, but you get to figure out that power play. It's not, it's not great. Still really hasn't been good. You look at that Columbus game, that should have been a game where you hope that they just like score two or three goals. It's not a very good team, Columbus, but get a few goals, feel good about yourself and get rolling. Billy Sweezy, though. Local kid, Billy Sweezy. Yes. Yes. The pride of Hanson. Pride of Hanson. The dad going nuts in the stands. Of course. It was awesome. Beautiful. Uh, but, But I think that's one thing where it's like, all right, do we send out all these guys knowing that the power play is still not it's like when yeah, you're supposed to take like a big test, like a final and you're, you hit like the point at 3am where you're like, well, I can't remember anything anymore in my head. So I'm just going to go to bed. Like I'll just figure it out in the morning. And then you get there and you get a test and it looks like you're reading it in windings and you're like, shit. <laughs> all right. This is, this was a bad idea. I should have just like operated on an hour of sleep instead, instead of four. It's like, do the Bruins run that risk of like, all right, we're not, doing the nuclear option here we're not taking pasta off the top power play unit or anything like that like these are the guys we're rolling with they're gonna have to figure it out because we don't really know what else to do maybe they take that approach but still you'd like to see at least one game over these final seven of them getting a power play goal or two showing a little bit more of what this team can do when they're operating at a high level on the man advantage gonna be hilarious game one of the playoffs they immediately score a power play goal like five minutes into the game it's like it's like, like, oh. like a one-timer from pasta and like, oh okay yeah. They're back. They're fine. Um, but it's still a little bit of an issue. I will say the one thing over these last couple these last seven games, obviously, yeah, you want to rest guys. I think that's priority number one. But would you feel any different about them? Would you feel like less confident even if they went into the playoffs after the seven game stretch and they went like three and four? Like, I, I feel like there's part of me wants to be like, you know, you want to finish kind of strong and go into the playoffs a little bit hot. But part of me is also like they were hot the entire season. If they go three and four over the last seven games, it really, you know, time to hit the panic button. But I guess it is a little worrisome. You know, do they, if they, if they did go like three and four, two and five, I would, they would never do. But like three and four, you know, even four and three-ish. Like I think, you know, it's, oh, hopefully bad habits don't start to kick in mm-hmm. over that amount of time and kind of bleed into the playoffs. But I still think, I still think that they've had a good enough season that a bad stretch down the year. I don't think is like the end all be all. I think they'll still be a okay uh, throughout the playoffs. Everyone now, do you think they should be gunning for the record for the NHL record? That's the real question. I mean, 
it's cool. The problem is, like, it's a nice little. It's listen. It's a great feather in the cap. Like having the all time record for for wins is a sizable achievement. And if this team doesn't end up winning a cup, you can be like, is this the best team ever assembled? Like when you look at just how much talent there is, and you know the records that prove it. Was it the 2016 um, Warriors that were like the best regular season team ever? And they they were the, that was the year they lost to the Cavs the, the in LeBron the final, in right? Game so, seven, yeah. And again, like that's, that's half the order. You're you are part of the narrative, but it's because you another team toppled you, right? Like it's yes. not exactly what you want to be remembered for. And again, it goes back to I think the, this obvious point. Like it's something that always cracks me up when you look at like early on in the day when this team was stacking up wins, and people were like, "Well, it's not going to matter if they don't win the cup." It's like, yeah, no shit. Yeah, no shit, pal. Like, yeah, I, I think we're all uh, very cognizant. I think we're all very cognizant of something like that. So you're not really breaking new ground with that. Um, again, it would be really nice, but I don't think it's necessary or it's it's worth the risk of like, in order to secure it, they have to win their final two or three games. And it means that Montgomery has to roll out a full squad against, um, you know, a team. I don't want the Bruins to be going into Montreal against a team with Rem Pitlick and Michael Pizzotta and these like <laughs> goons and having to roll out a full squad. Like it should not come to that. And if it does, you know, lie on that one game. And, and again, Bruins should beat Montreal, like in terms of just the matchups, uh, not at the risk of rolling out guys and having someone dinged up for the playoffs. So that'll be something I think worth watching. So would be cool. Again, I think you probably asked the players. I'm sure they'd like to have it. It's a, it's a listen. It is a great accomplishment. But if they don't get it, they'll say post game it didn't really matter. And if they do win it, they'll be like, "Yo, focus on the playoffs." Like, there's more <laughs> important things at stake here. So, um, would be nice, but you shouldn't devote you know a lot of resources, a lot of time and effort towards hitting a regular season record when there's a whole lot more to play for in the next couple of months. It'd be very concerning if you saw them win it and then like champagne's popping in the dressing room. You're like, all right, yeah, this that's team, not great. They're out in the second round. Like, isn't the MLB they teams celebrate winning like divisions, right? Like, if I'm if memory serves, like if you win the AL East, like they're popping bottles, you get like t-shirts from it. So, yes. Um, fortunately, we have not seen the not Bruins great. do any of that. Yeah, fortunately, they have not um, gotten into that. Uh, Connor, over this last stretch of the regular season and into the playoffs, what can the people look forward to from you over Boston.com? Yeah, we're going to have you covered every step of the way with game recaps, columns, features, breakdowns, all that good stuff over at boston.com. So please read all of our stuff over there. Of course, we have you covered on everything related to Boston sports, whether it's Patriots offseason, Red Sox, their season starting. Hopefully they can throw strikes. That would be helpful. That'd be cool. Uh, Celtics, That'd be nice. Celtics Celtics smoking the Milwaukee Bucks uh, yesterday, and they're getting ready for their playoff runs. So we'll have you covered every step of the way with everything going on at Boston sports. So please read over there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. And remember to subscribe to New England Hockey Journal. That is Connor Ryan. I am Evan Marinovsky. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week.